chapter 5 this evening. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 4. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 4 tonight. I have a message here that hopefully will be an encouragement to you this evening as we have this. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. And we have these verses. Let's please stand as we read God's word tonight. 1 John 5, verse number 4 and 5. As uh, we respect the word of God, how precious it is. 1 John 5, 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today for this uh, precious portion of scripture thank you for the uh, fact that you have made us overcomers as we walk with you and father tonight i pray that you would give us uh, encouragement and blessing lord as we study thy word thank you once again for it we pray that you give us your thoughts in jesus name amen thank you, you may be seated niccolo paganini in the it was a 19th century violinist and he had come to present a, co a concert, and he packed out the house. He played with a full orchestra. As he began to play, the first string on his violin broke. They've only got four. So the first string on the violin broke. After a little while, then another of the strings broke. And he kept on playing. And in a few moments, another string broke. And he kept on playing. And... Uh, Amazing. Uh, the, uh, at the end, the people gave him a standing ovation and wanted an encore. How, you say, how in the world could you keep on going when everything like that is happening to you? You've got one string. He normally would be playing on four up and down. He was playing the whole thing. Uh, you know, he knew what it was to be an overcomer in the situations of life. You know, Christians need to be overcomers in this life as well. To be an overcomer, uh, there must be obstacles. That's one of the truths about being an overcomer. People say, well, I wish I didn't have the, all the obstacles of my life. And yet, without obstacles, you could not be an overcomer. There are those who say the Christian life is for sissies. Can I tell you something? You haven't lived it. Uh, the Christian life is challenging. And it's uh, in 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, we have uh, these words, being, uh, this idea today of being overcomers for Christ. We want to consider, first of all, as we look at this portion of Scripture, that there's a guarantee of being overcomers found in verse number four. He says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. How many like guarantees? You know, when you buy something, you get a guarantee that basically says, you know, I'm going to, uh, uh, we're going to stand behind it. If you have a car, you, you, you look for the, what is the warranty on it, the guarantee that it's going to last, or you look for the appliance, and you say, well, how long? And usually they say, well, would you like the extended warranty? If, if they won't extend past the first year, we're in trouble, aren't we? Uh, but they extended the warranty. There is a guarantee here of being an overcomer. It says, whatsoever is born of God overcometh. There's no doubt as to the ability of being an overcomer. The power for us is available. Each of us, we can be overcomers in this world. Um, imagine if you had a guarantee and you were playing a baseball game or a basketball game and somebody said, you are going to win. How many would like to be on that side? 
Boy, man, I like to be on that. We're going to be guaranteed to win. It doesn't matter what happens. No matter if, if all these people uh, fall down and they, they break their leg, uh, we're still going to overcome because we have been guaranteed that. Here in this portion, those that are born of God are assured of the victory. The victory of what? Well, look what he says back there in chapter 5, verse 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. You say, well, pastor, what's in the world? Well, go with me to 1 John chapter 2. Go back just a little bit. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. John is dealing with this idea of the world and things that are in the world. He says in 1 John 2, 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You say, Pastor, how in the world can we overcome the lust of the, the, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life? God is guaranteed those who are his children the power to overcome the world. Uh, there is power in the Lord Jesus Christ. He has the power to help you to be an overcomer. Uh, consider, how about a complaining spirit or, or deceitfulness? Go with me to Genesis 47 and verse number 9 as we consider Jacob. Genesis 47 and verse number 9. Jacob, his, whose name means deceiver, supplanter. Can you imagine naming your son a, a deceiver or supplanter? <laughs> That's, it was telling of his character. That's what he was. 47 and verse number 9. Look what it says here. Jacob here is now, he had, he's uh, been in the land of Canaan. There had been famine. Uh, Joseph, his son, has become second in, in command there in Egypt. And Joseph has, has gone and brought his, his dad and uh, his uh, family from, uh, from Canaan to live in Egypt. And here in verse number 9, as he's talking to Pharaoh, Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. 130 years old, could you imagine? That's a long time. He says, few, notice, few and evil have the days of the years of my life been and have not attained unto the days of the years of my, the life of my fathers and in the days of their pilgrimage, few and evil. You say, well, pastors, I look back, I think what Jacob was doing is he was looking back on his days and all, he, all that could come to Jacob's mind was all the bad things that happened to him along the way. Folks, there's some good things that have happened to you and to me. We can either choose to focus on all the bad things that have happened, or we can focus upon the good things that God has done, how he has taken care of us, how he's delivered us, how he's strengthened us, how he's provided for us. Jacob, he was just looking at all the bad things. Folks, we can be overcomers tonight as we look to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been granted that opportunity to have that power. Consider uh, in Numbers chapter 2, go to the right a little bit, Numbers chapter, excuse me, chapter 20, verse 2, uh, Numbers chapter 20 and verse number 2. In Numbers chapter 20, verse 2, it says, And there was no water, for the congregation, they talk about the nation of Israel, they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, 
Would God that we had died with our brother and died before the Lord. And why have ye brought up the congregation of the Lord into this wilderness that we are, and our cattle should die there? And where, uh, wherefore have ye made us to come up out of Egypt to bring us into this evil place? Talking, <laughs> talking about the, the place, they're in the desert here. It is, uh, they're talking about the place where God's going to take them is the land of Canaan. It is, no, it is no place of seed or of figs or of vines or of pomegranates, neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. They fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thy rod, and gather thou the assembly, and together thou and Aaron and thy brother, uh, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so shalt thou give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. Well, things are going on track as far as what God had intended. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch uh, you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank, and their beast also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and said, and Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation to the land which I have given them. Oh, his anger had gotten the best of him. You know, we have been, God says that we can have victory over our anger. Victory over anger. Folks, wouldn't it be great to have victory over anger? Walking with God and doing what God says will help you to have victory over anger in our life. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. It's the control of the Spirit of God in our life. But if, if we go back to Galatians chapter 5, go back there with me, we see the contrast of living in the flesh. It's just the opposite of that. And we see in Galatians 5, verse number 19, he says, Now the works of the flesh are these which are manifest, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, notice, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, those are all the things of the flesh. But folks, we can be delivered from those things by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been granted the, the, uh, the promise of victory in this world. Let me ask you today, are you having victory over the world in your life? How about your thoughts, your thought life? Do you have victory over your thought life? Are you thinking the right things? Are you thinking the things that are pleasing to God, whatsoever things are true and whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just and pure and lovely and of a good report, if there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on these things. Is your mind set on those things? What about your actions tonight? Do you have victory in your actions? Well, you say, Pastor, you know what? I've got a, I've got a horrible temper. I, you know, I just can't control it. No, you can't, but the Lord can. And God has promised to those who are uh, in the Lord, those, uh, he says, for, uh, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. 
You don't have to go the way that the world's going. You don't have to go in the direction that the world's going. Uh, people, the, the world is going in a direction totally opposite from the Lord. How about your words? Your, are your words kind? How about your faithfulness to God? Want to know the second thing about this portion of Scripture as we go back to 1 John chapter 5? 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, and that's this, that there is a guide to being an overcomer. The, the guide, notice the guide to being an overcomer. Here in verse number 4, it says, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Our faith is that which overcomes the world. If we are weak in the faith, we will fail in being overcomers. If we are weak in the faith, we will fail in being overcomers. You know, some people are content in being babies. Babies in the faith. Uh, there's no strength because they don't ex they're not exercised by the test that God brings their way. You, they can't go the long distance. Oh, they start the race good and they get excited, but they don't go for very long because they get winded and they're done. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 5. Paul is speaking in Hebrews chapter 5 to some believers that, that ought to be uh, strong in the faith. They should, have, uh, they should have been mature in the faith. And here in Hebrews chapter number 5 and verse number 11, he had been talking previously about Melchizedek, and that's a, a wonderful study in and of itself about Melchizedek, who was, uh, I believe it was Christ uh, pre-incarnate. Uh, we call it Christophanes, Christ's appearance in the Old Testament before he came in, in the New Testament. Here in this portion, though, uh, he was going to talk, he'd like to talk some more about him, but he can't. In verse 11, he says, Of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Here, when we talk about this idea of maturity, that full age, senses, are, our senses, spiritual senses are exercised. They hear and apply the truth to their life. For example, in Colossians 3.9, it says, lie not one to another. Well, when a test comes and you have an opportunity to lie, what should you do? Tell the truth. Well, that, you say, well, pastor, that's not always easy because it, I understand, but God allows the test so that you can be built in your faith. Um, here's another one, Colossians 3, 13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Uh, what do we do when people have offended us? Well, we're to forbear, we're to have a long fuse, and we're to be forgiving. When someone does us wrong, we're to forgive them. You say, well, pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand what they've done to me. No, I may not understand all the things that people have done or said, but I do know one thing. God says, here's my word. Do you want to become an overcomer or do you want to be overcome by the, this world, the things of this world? In 1 John chapter number 2, go back to 1 John 2 and verse 13. 
we find John writing about this idea of being uh, mature in the Lord. 1 John chapter 2 and, and verse number 13, he says, I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the Father. Three categories here, children, young men, and fathers. Notice as he says of the children, he says, ye have known him that is from the beginning. He goes to the old, the old men at the other end, and he says, ye have overcome, uh, because you have known him that is from the beginning. You have known the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. You have known him by experience. You've spent time with him. The only way we can know someone is to be, is to be uh, spending time with them. These people on the mature end, they had spent time with God. They let God speak to them. But he says in the middle, notice what he says in this here. He says, and young men, I write unto you young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. Young men, these people, these guys, these folk in the middle, in the teenage years, if you would, they were having victory over the evil one. Go on to the next verse. I have written unto you fathers, because ye have known him that was from the beginning. That's what he said the first time. I have written unto you young men, notice, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. That middle group and that maturing, well, I tell you what, what they're doing is they're looking at life and they're looking at situations of life and, and they're letting God's word be the guide for their life. Not my feelings, not what I think, but the word of God. What does God's word say? How should I respond? What should I do? And they looked to the word of God. And because of that, they were, God considers them strong. And the word of God abideth in them. And they overcame Satan. What a wonderful thought to realize that we can overcome the wicked one. Oh, some people fear Satan. I mean, they really fear him. I don't think we ought to get cocky, but I think we ought to understand something. I think we ought to understand we can have victory over Satan. Greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. But if we don't claim the power of the Lord and we don't live by his power and by his strength, we won't be able to overcome Satan. Notice the third thing that we see in this portion back in 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 5. Notice what it says the group of the people who are the overcomers. We've seen that God has talked about that, there are, that we can be victorious. He's talked about the guide. What's the guide that helps us to be overcomers? It's our faith. And now notice the group who are the overcomers mentioned in this portion of Scripture, verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Who can be, who are the ones that are the overcomers of the world? It's not the lost, it's the saved. It's those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior. You know, there are 12 promises given in the Word of God to those who are the overcomers um, in the book of Revelation. 12 promises that God gives to those who are overcomers. Look with me, if you would. Let's just consider some things. As I take God's word and I let God's word uh, live in my life, as I follow and do what God's word says, 
What, what, is, what are the blessings of it? What, is there anything that, 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 is, that comes along with that? Well, notice what it says in Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 7. Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 7. Revelation 2 and verse 7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Remember that tree of life back there in the Garden of Eden? Uh, you know that God uh, had told Adam and Eve, you can eat of all the trees of the, the garden. Uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was there, and the tree of life was there. They could eat freely of the tree of life, but they were not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He says, those who are the overcomers, they're going to be able to taste and eat of that fruit of the tree of the knowledge of life, or excuse me, the tree of life. I wonder what that tree was like. Well, it tells us that tree of life, it has different fruit, a different fruit, 12 different fruit. It comes, it changes all the time. And how amazing that would be. Go and get an apple, an orange. Uh, yeah, I don't know what type of fruit it is. Uh, uh, a kumquats or whatever those things are. Uh, you know, uh, so all those different hey, we're going to be able to taste of the special blessings of God on that. Notice something else in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 11 for the overcomer. Look what it says. He that hath an ear, let him hear. This is verse number 11 of chapter 2 of Revelation. Uh, he says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. You say, well, pastor, what's that talking about? Well, the Bible talks about two types of death. There's a physical death, that when this body ceases to function and the, the, soul, the soul and spirit leaves and goes to be with the Lord or it goes to hell if we don't know Christ as our Savior. But the Bible says that second death is being separated from God for all of eternity. That's the second death. Hey, the people that are the overcomers, those people whose faith has been put in the Lord. The people who have been living and taking the word of God and applying it to their life. One thing you don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about dying and going to hell. That's what he says. It's a promise from God. Notice chapter 2 and verse 17. Here's another promise for those who are overcomers. You ever wonder about manna in the wilderness? Well, look what it says in chapter 2 verse 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, and no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. God tells us right here, he gives us several things right here. He gives them, first of all, he, give, he allows them to eat of that hidden manna. That manna that they used for 40 years to provide all their needs. I sure wish I would be able to taste that. For those who are the overcomers, God says, you're going to be able to taste of that. You're going to experience that manna. But not only that, he says, I'm going to give them a white stone. He said, what? You know, I, well, as a boy, I used to collect stones. I liked all sorts of different types of rocks. I had some that had seashells in it and different things like that. But this one is a white stone. This stone, this white stone was pretty uh, important. Because it kind of goes back in the mindset of the Roman Empire when a person had won in the Olympic Games. 
One of the things that they would give them, they would give them a, a laurel wreath to wear on their head that, that identified them as being the winner of the game. But they would also give them a white stone. They could take that white stone to any of the cities in, uh, that were Roman cities and present that, and they could get the food or, or the lodging, whatever they needed, off of that white stone. For those who are the overcomers, though those who have been in the battle and have been victorious, God says, I want you to know I'm going to give you one of those white stones. You're going to have everything that you need. Here's the stone. So, Pastor, I don't need a stone to, to identify that. He's trying to tell you something. It's special. It's special in, in his mind. It's special in, in the thoughts of our God. He says, that white stone, and in that stone, a new name written. You know, we sing that song, there's a new name written down in glory. Hey, uh, and it's mine. I hope all of your names are there in, that, in, uh, in heaven. Here on this white stone has the name, your name, written. Notice Revelation chapter 2, verse 26. Another promise to those who are overcomers. It says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my words unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of the potter shall be broken uh, to shivers, uh, even as I received of my father. Now notice here as we consider this, he says to those who are the overcomers, what are they going to do? They're going to rule and reign. To those who are the overcomers. You say, well, pastor, are all Christians, when Jesus comes, uh, when he comes back to, to set up his kingdom, are they going to be rulers in the kingdom of God? No, I don't think so. I think the Bible teaches us, and you can see the different parables that Jesus gave Remember, he gave, in the parable of the pounds, he gave to one, he had, there were 10 pounds, he gave one to one person over here and 10 di different individuals, and this one over here, he, he uh, invested it and he used it, and he gained uh, 10 pounds, uh, or he, and so he had much to give back to the Lord. He says, you know, and he came to the, the Lord Jesus Christ when he had that day of accounting to him, and he says, you know what, you've been uh, faithful over, uh, over a little, I'll be, give you... Uh, ruler over ten cities. See, when we take what the Lord has given to us and invest it for him, God says, okay, let me just tell you, you're going to rule over ten cities. Why would he say that? Because he's saying exactly the same thing here. An overcomer is a person who realizes, you know what, my life does not belong to me. It belongs to the Lord. I'm going to invest it in Him. I'm going to live for Him. I, I, I want to do whatever. He, remember, he had the 10 pounds and the, the 5 pounds and so forth. And we came down, the one person had one pound. He didn't do anything with it. He just hit it in the ground. To these people, he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. To this person, he called him a wicked servant. God expects us to use what we have. He expects us to, to put into practice the things of God. To those that are overcome, they will rule with the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Revelation chapter 3, or excuse me, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 28. Another thing that the Bible talks about here, that uh, for those that, that are going to, uh, that are overcomers, he says, and I will give him the morning star. 
you know, Christ is the bright and morning star. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 16. Look over there, Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the, what? Bright and morning star. So when we look at that, he says, and I will give him the morning star. What's he going to give you? The Lord. Say, well, well, I have the Lord. He's in my heart. Oh, yes, but don't you understand? There's a closeness in that relationship that comes because we've been overcomers. We've trusted in him. We've developed uh, power and strength because of him. And that relationship is going to be so much dearer and so much sweeter at that time. Um, look at Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 5. Revelation 3, 5. It says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in, in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before the, my Father and before his angels. Hey, we're going to be clothed in righteousness, the righteousness of the saints. How wonderful that is. Look at Revelation chapter 3 and verse 12. Revelation 3, 12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon uh, him the name of my, my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. We're going to be a, those that are overcomers are pillars. You say, what's a pillar? Well, a pillar is what kind of holds things up. But a pillar, as he's talking about here, is, is a little different. A pillar is those who have been foundational. They've been, they've been the, the key points in the things of God. God's going to write his name on you. How wonderful that is. There will be no more going out. See, what do you mean going out? Well, you know, we, we here at church, we come in and we go out. You know, we say when we come to the house of God, we get a chance to sing songs and praise the Lord and hear the preaching of God's word. And then we go out and we have to go into the world. And sometimes it's pretty tough to go out into the world and live in the world. He's saying here, guess what? You get to be in the presence of the Lord all the time. That's going to be awesome. For that reason, that would be a great reason to, to, to be an overcomer. They will have the name of God, the city of, the, the city of Jerusalem, and will be given Jesus' name, as we see here. How wonderful that is. I want you to notice, I want you to see one last thing here, and we see that it's Revelation 3 and verse 21. Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even I, as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. Well, that's going to be kind of interesting. We know that in the scriptures it talks about Jesus is seated what? At the right hand of the father in heaven. But Jesus says here to those that are overcome, they get to come and sit in his throne with him. Well, that's going to have to be a pretty big throne. The He's just wanting us to understand 
the, the idea of the closeness that we have of those people who are the overcomers. You know, as we consider this idea of being an overcomer tonight, may I share with you, only believers can be overcomers. Who is he that overcometh? You know, we, are, we overcome by our faith. Who is the one that overcomes? Those that believe in Jesus Christ. You can't be an overcomer. You say, well, pastor, I'm, I'm not saved. I don't know Jesus is my Savior, but I'm going to overcome. I'm just going to endure to the end. You can't be an overcomer unless you're saved. But God has made provision for us to be overcomers. John 15, verse 5, Jesus said, Without me, ye can do nothing. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me, though, in Philippians 4, 13. He is the one who enables us to be an overcomer. Tonight, as you think about your life, are you an overcomer? Are you going to enjoy all these blessings? You say, well, pastor, I'm just going to be happy if I get there to heaven. <laughs> God wants us to set our sights a little higher than just get there. He wants us to enjoy. This life is a preparation for that one. I pray that we'll enjoy and we'll do what he commands for us and we will be overcomers in this life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for this time. And Lord, for the opportunity of being challenged to be overcomers, not to fall into the world, not to fall into the, the sinful patterns of, of the world and the things of this world. Lord, but that we might live a life that's pleasing to you in all things. God, may we lift you up. May we put you first in our life. May we see you to do great and mighty things in our life for your honor and glory, not for our own. Father, I pray tonight that you would bless. And speak to us in this time of invitation. If we're not overcomers tonight, Lord, that maybe tonight would be the time that we decide that, Lord, we want to be overcomers for you. Father, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, tonight the 